0: down to the last comic shop in five four three two one and welcome back to the last comic
1: shop oh you're the jolly green giant i
0: thought (laughs) i don't have peas and, and green beans in a can got maybe presents in a bag i'm, I'm running this off the rails i'm yeah, at work i don't like where this while. is going let's open the shop jay it's been a minute <laughs> too much eggnog that's that is true especially your homemade stuff man you could you could start cars with that
2: <laughs> i have i have started a car <laughs> all right all right we're the last comic shop podcast where each week we open
0: the shop for fat jolly ben and their- <laughs> and newbies and newbies. want to learn about comic books. Yes, exactly. And Christmas. It is the holiday season, and we are definitely in a festive mood here at the shop. I'm the host of The Most, Andy Larson. I'm joined by my loyal elves, uh, Chad Smith and J.A. Scott. And uh, for all of our fans to kick off this holiday season, we're going to do it in style by giving you four weeks worth of DC books yes it is our DC ember yay yay Yay. hey hey, do you want those numbers at the end of this month when you do your year-end recap show like do you want them to actually add up that like DC didn't get shafted for like the third straight year in a row that's true. Oh,
2: I, I better start on those numbers. That data is not going to calculate itself. I thought you were going to use generative AI to do it this year. Oh, my goodness. Chad GBT. <laughs> yes. Everybody can have a fat, jolly man making asinine comments. Just load up your Chad GBT. It's not a large language
1: model, it's just a large model. <laughs>
0: so just kick off uh, dc ember this uh, this week we're going to be doing a book that again a couple months ago like got some huge numbers out there on amazon after one james gunn tweeted it and said yeah this is an awesome book and you should check it out that is wonder woman historia the Amazons, uh, which won a variety of eisners and we will get to that book in just a moment but Maybe you're sitting around roasting some chestnuts, drinking some of that eggnog that is slightly flammable. Whatever you're doing here to get ready for the holiday season, we're going to help with that by providing you some holiday quiz questions. Yes, it is the final time this year that one J.A. Scott can defeat one Chad Smith. You mean Chad GBT? <laughs>
1: one final time that i can
0: lose to chad in the year of chad <laughs> that's, right that's true he is a quiz machine uh as those folks that have been listening to the last comic shop know for quite some time chad has won almost every single quiz type game we have had on the last comic shop over the last three years and ja has put up a good fight Like, I think last one we did was at Halloween, and Chad only got five questions right, and JA only got four.
2: Way to sell it. We (laughs) are excellent at
0: this. We are going to get into these holiday questions, so hopefully, you know, you'll play along at home, and, you know, these will be great questions that maybe you can ask your friends and family while you're exchanging terrible gifts in in a couple weeks. JA, given that you've lost every single round <laughs> of these quizzes, what would you like to do? Would you like to go first or second, sir? I'm gonna go first. So again in 10 questions for both of you. Without further ado, question number one, the real Saint. Nicholas was born in what modern day country? Turkey, Germany, Iraq, or Israel? Gonna go Germany. That is incorrect. The correct what? answer is Turkey. It seems Turkish to me. It is believed the real Saint Nicholas was born? Oh wait a minute.
1: Around. It's believed. It's believed.
0: So that that's <laughs> any case, around 280 A.D. in Patera near Mirtha in the modern-day Turkey. According to the legend, his extraordinary kindness led him to give away all his inherited wealth as he traveled the countryside, helping the sick and poverty-stricken. How could he not be Turkish? He's a delight.
2: <laughs> modern-day Turkey.
0: Is Turkey anywhere near Germany? It is. No, it no. Is. Borders Germany. All right. Question number two. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was created as a promotion for what department store? Nordstrom's, J.C. JCPenney's, Macy's, or Montgomery Ward? I'm going to go Macy's. That is incorrect. The correct answer was Montgomery Ward. All right, Chad. How did you know that? We used to have one in the, the local area here. So a little claim to fame there. Montgomery Ward hired writer Robert L. May in 1939 to write a Christmas story that could be given away to holiday shoppers. May's brother-in-law, songwriter Johnny Marks, liked the story and decided to write a song to go with it. The resulting Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer eventually became a classic when it was recorded in 1949 by Gene Autry. I I just looked it up. Turkey does not border (laughs) Germany. But I bet Rudolph was German. Yeah, there there you go. There you go. Okay. Uh, question number three. What song does Lucy ask Schroeder to play on his piano in A Charlie Brown Christmas? Would that be Silent Night, Jingle Bells, Frosty the Snowman, or Joy to the World?
1: I'm going to go Joy to the World, but I don't know because I'm not a Charlie Brown man. And I'm getting this run
0: wrong, too. I can see Chad Chad's shaking his head. It's Jingle Bells and stuff. That's right. And ho, 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 and pretty little girls. Jingle Bells is the correct answer. So, yeah, you are zero for three. Going (laughs) into question number four. In the 12 days of Christmas, how many drummers are drumming? Oh, wait. This isn't a trick question. You just have to figure out the day. I'll give you that as a hint. You just have to figure out what day it was. Okay, Uh, well, first was Partridge
1: in a Pear Tree, two Lords Leaping, three something, five Golden Rings, six Drummers Drumming? Mm.
0: That is incorrect. incorrect. It
2: is twelve Drummers Drumming. drumming. Oh. Oh. Lords a-leaping and
0: eggs a-laying. Yes, uh, I think six is six Geese a-laying. That's right. Those damn lazy geese gotcha. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question number five. Eggnog was first consumed in what U.S. city? Would that be Provincetown, Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts, Jamestown, Virginia, or New York, New York? I got to go the big apple, New York, New York. That is
2: incorrect. It's Provincetown.
0: It is no, I'm not gonna in guess Provincetown. Jamestown. That's why they're not there anymore. It is Jamestown, Virginia. (laughs) According to historical accounts made by John Smith, the first eggnog was made in the United States, was consumed in 1607 at the Jamestown settlement. Question number six. Which English monarch established the Christmas tree tradition in Great Britain? Would that be Henry VIII, George II, Elizabeth I, Or Queen Victoria?
1: I'll just go Henry VIII to distract the country from all of his wives.
0: (laughs) It is incorrect. It's George. You think it's George II? (laughs) That is incorrect. The correct answer is Queen Victoria. England oh. did not get on the Christmas tree bandwagon until 1848 when Queen Victoria set up the tree at the Windsor Castle. I think she actually did that for Prince Albert because Prince Albert was from Prussia. It was more of like a Prussian. He was in a can. <laughs> wanted to let him out. <laughs> Prince oh. Albert's in the can. Oh, we got to so get him out of there. Get, you the, got, get a tree. You're zero for six during this thing. So let's see if you can just sweep it with the last four questions. <laughs> And make this an actual competition. Question number seven: What is the name of Ebenezer Scrooge's deceased business partner? Oh, come oh, on, it's Marley. That is correct. Jacob Marley was the tormented spirit who was forced to wander the earth forevermore as punishment for his greedy, selfish, and uncaring ways.
2: He is reincarnated as a dog with Owen Wilson and Jeff Rand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you are on the board though with your first correct answer. Let's keep this going. It's the only question. one that I actually knew. I didn't know. all eight. the rest. It was just guesses. Who tried to steal Christmas from the Who's in Whoville? The Grinch. That would be correct. In How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's the softest softball. I had to give him something. Question number nine. Why were candy canes first invented? For bored kids at church to decorate the Christmas trees specifically, to hold stockings, or to stir coffee. I bet it's like to stir coffee. Chad, do yes. you have a do you have a guess? I was gonna say so teenage boys wouldn't masturbate. <laughs> Wait, that's soccer. <laughs> that's, no, that's why basketball. they made soccer, basketball. <laughs> not it, that is incorrect. It was not to stir coffee. It was for poor <laughs> kids at church. There you go. The first candy cane was made in 1670 by German choirmaster to help children endure lengthy nativity services oh my which is true it's sometimes good to have you know the peppermint treat to to get through some of those so here's some candy shut it so we can pay attention to jesus (laughs) all right last question j.a where was mommy kissing santa claus Was it in the bedroom, on the rooftop, under the mistletoe, or on the stairs? (laughs) I'm going to say under the mistletoe. That is correct. I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus under the mistletoe last night.
2: Was that originally Jackson 5, or was there somebody before that?
0: Oh, no. I think that started in somewhere in the 1940s or 50s. 1952.
2: you, there you go
0: by the british songwriter tommy connor uh, regardless you got three out of ten right so unless chad just dumps a bunch of coal in his stocking I've we'll see no promises my pittsburgh ease has come out today and i don't know if that's good trivia question number one in what country are outdoor barbecues a traditional part of christmas festivities in australia China, australia Australia you don't even hear the rest Nope that's where bluey lives Australia <laughs> It's also summer <laughs> Summer is during Christmas Australia it Christmas is. comes So easy summer where our uh, temperatures can These are layups 100 de- What are you talking about you got the grinch for god's sake <laughs> True. Okay that's his grinch question All right. Question number two, Chad. In the classic 1964 TV special, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, what does Hermie the Elf want to be? A dentist. That is correct. Rudolph teams up with Hermie the Elf who wants to be a dentist. And together they attempt to save the island of misfit toys. Question number three, Chad. What author wrote that it was always winter, but never Christmas. Salman Rushdie, Martin Aminas, Charles Dickens, or C.S. Lewis? I'm going to say C.S. Lewis. That is correct. In the Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, it talks about how the White Witch cast a spell making it always winter, but never Christmas. Question number four, What is Frosty the snowman's nose made of? He's got two eyes of coal, a
2: corn cob pipe, and uh, oh man, I want to say carrot,
0: but hold on, a button nose, a button nose. That is correct. He has a corn cob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of. You were right. Like most people would have said carrot. That was the easy answer, but like yeah. nope, it was definitely a button. All right, so, hold on,
2: wait. We have how many questions left? Six. All right, my answers are C, B, A, B. You know some
0: of these are multiple choice. Do you want to? Oh. Let's give them. Let's give all of our listeners <laughs> one final question. You don't have to go through all ten. Uh, but there might be people playing home at, at home, so let's give them one final question. All right. Go ahead. Let's the is C. Good King Wenceslaus. What? What's a was? <laughs> The, from the from the song, King, Good King Wenceslas was the Duke of what country? Moravia, Slovakia, Bohemia, or Poland? See! So Bohemia is your is your answer. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> the legend of good King Wenceslas is based on the life of the historical St. Wenceslas, the Duke of Bohemia. His martyrdom and popularity uh, soon gave rise to a reputation for heroic goodness that resulted in him being elevated to sainthood. And then they made a pretty cool Christmas carol out of his name. So, I
2: did not yes. know Good Good
1: King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen when the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even. Brightly shone the moon that night Though the frost was cruel When a poor man came in sight Gathering winter fuel I Don't kid-
2: you know Jingle Bells? <laughs> Jingle Bells and
0: oh, Things no, for right. pretty little girls So, officially For the year of Chad Chad is still the Quiz Master Now yeah. I want to know Is question six is the answer, Pete? Good luck to all of you that paid attention To all of these awesome quiz questions We're hoping that you will answer ask some of them uh, to your family and friends here at the Christmas time season any case we'll be right back with our present for all of you which is our review of Wonder Woman Historia the Amazons stay tuned
2: hi
1: it's Carlo Kalantuan last comic shop podcast listener and comic book tragic here in the Philippines My oh boy when I'm in the US I'm always on the lookout for a good deal on boards bags boxes and all other manner of comic book related supplies And that's why I love to go to bcwsupplies.com and use the promo code LCSPOD to get 10% off of all my orders. Not only do I get a discount on everything I buy at BCW, but I'm able to support the podcast when I use LCSPOD at checkout. So if you're in need of comic book supplies, head over to bcwsupplies.com and use the promo code LCSPOD. Oh, and guys, I'm still waiting for that trusted review. Come on, when is it?
0: Do you like comic books? Do you like comic book movies and TV shows? How about movie and TV reviews? If I just described you, good news! You can get all of the movie and TV reviews you're looking for with a good dose of witty banter and fun thrown into the mix by checking out Paperweight Entertainment. Join Derek and Ian every Friday for TV reviews on the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast and join Ian and Colonel Bob every Wednesday for the Silver Screen Scoundrel movie reviews. Find out more information about both shows at PaperweightEntertainment.com. All right, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for our Read Pile Review. Yes, the time of every single show where we don't give you a lump of coal, we give you a comic book review because we're kind and generous, and we don't put on red suits with white trim to do so. We just put on our Last Comic Shop Podcast t-shirts, which you can get over at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Com. Makes great Christmas gifts. Regardless, we're doing a book that made quite s- some noise a couple months ago because, again, James Gunn came out, said, oh, everybody should pick this up. And everybody did. It became a bestseller overnight, uh, just like a Travis Kelsey jersey. Again, that is the true test of whether you are a social influencer or not. Is if you like say, hey, go pick up this book, and like it becomes a Amazon bestseller.
2: It also helps that he's the guy making all the the upcoming DC
0: movies. That is true. And I'm in charge of that. So. Yeah, deep. he was. Wasn't there some some talk that this might be used as potentially the script or the idea for the next Wonder Woman movie? Hence, everyone
2: rushing out to uh, Amazon for their Amazonian historia.
0: There you go. Uh, but who worked on this project, J.A.? Okay, so this was a
1: three-issue DC Black Label, which was written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, and each issue had a different primary artist, Phil Jimenez on the first issue. That's the issue that actually won and Eisner, both for Phil Jimenez for Pencil and Ink and also Best Single Issue. The second issue was by Gene Ha, the third issue by Nicholas Scott. We had various colorists, Hi-Fi, Arif Priado, Ramulo Fajardo Jr., Wesley Wong, and Annette Kwok. Clayton Cowles provided the letters for the entire run. And then you had some collection cover artists. Phil Jimenez did the main cover that everyone sees, which is of wonder woman sort of turning her head in profile and uh looking
0: very regal yeah with peacock uh
2: drapery i don't know what that's sort of uh, like peacock
1: feller boa and and it looks like she's holding a lion's head though that's hard to see because it's cut off maybe it's an
0: owl i don't know something with plumage or fur now but I, i i fell in love with this book immediately just based on that cover in any case, what's the whole 10 cent synopsis there, old shadow? Okay, so
2: each of the books was the an individualized story unto itself. They were spaced out, I want to say, about like six months apart whenever they came out, so they took their time with this one. But uh, I'm normally not so great at these 10 cent synopsises, but this one tells me at the beginning of book three in book one six goddesses gave the Amazons our lives, our power, and our purpose. Hera abstained for reasons of her own. In book two, Artemis gave the Amazons our freedom, our sisters, and the burden that comes with truth. How, then, and why did the Amazons come to war with the gods? What brought them to Themyscira? Those are the subjects of book three that I will summarize by saying there's big fights, and ladies, kill a dude, and (laughs) It's mean. They take apart Heracles, and that makes Zeus real mad. And then he's like, ah, you did this. You killed my son. And, so, and then, uh, then Hippolytus like, ah, which one? you got to be more specific. You killed a lot of them. And then uh, <laughs> Zeus is real. He doesn't respond well. And then in the end, a choice has to be made whether to save a particular Amazonian or to give up their freedom and that sets the stage for the, uh, the Amazons and paradise Island as we've come to know it before they pick up Diana at the end, who while Amazon born does not have to suffer curse that keeps the other Amazons trapped on the island.
0: Ooh, that is true. It all kind of makes sense. Honestly, if you were a longtime fan of wonder woman, I know that there have been a lot of retellings of the Wonder Woman origin story, but I can definitely say if you're a fan of Diana, this is about as origin-y as you can get, because it deals with her birth. You're just poking at J.A.
2: Jay, tell them the truth. Tell our (laughs) listeners the real truth. Okay, I just want to
1: say uh, this has nothing to do with the actual story Or the three issues. We'll get into that in a bit. Obviously, they have to sell this as a Wonder Woman book, even though she's, spoiler alert, in the first panel and the last panel as a baby. And that is it. There is no other Wonder Woman in the entire book. She's a baby. Maybe she turns into a dove
0: for a while, and then she becomes (laughs) a baby again. Thank you, Hera. (laughs) I I do want to say, though, I thought... Based on my limited understanding of DC continuity, and Chad can maybe say I'm wrong on this, but I thought Hippolyta was actually retconned as being the Golden Age Wonder Woman, right? Like, am I making that stuff up? But like, Hippolyta, her mom, was the original Wonder Woman that came in World War II, and you know fought, and then and then later on, because even though she's immortal, they couldn't make her too old. So they made Hippolyta be the original one. Am I making that all up, Chad? You may be making that all up, but so is DC as they're
2: constantly reconfiguring their universe. So I actually think where it stands as of my last checkpoint, you were correct. So Hippolyta was the Golden Age Wonder Woman and then basically passed the mantle down to Diana at some point but later Again, on.
1: As this is DC Black Label, it is continuity... Adverse or uh, not adverse necessarily adjacent but you don't adjacent. You don't have to follow continuity to to get a black label That's like, like Johnny Walker, but I think this has been pointed out on on Twitter by various people, I'm sure. and also on YouTube. I think continuity is overrated.
0: Yes, if it's a good story.
1: It's a good story.
0: Right, absolutely. Well, Even well, if
1: it doesn't have Wonder Woman in it, and it's sold as a Wonder Woman, the <laughs> reason
0: the reason I'm bringing that up, though, J A, is because from my perspective, I do think this is a Wonder Woman story because honestly, you do get a Wonder Woman who's the main protagonist in all three issues. It just happens to be the Wonder Woman we know's mom. It, it's Hippolyta. Like this is the story of Hippolyta. Yeah, there's like some stuff about like how the Amazons were created because basically all. All of the female goddesses uh, of Olympus were kind of pissed off that, like, yeah, all the men just run, ran roughshod over them for, for millennia and whatever and allowed all the men to do terrible things to the women. So they, hey, we're going to make the Amazons to stand up for the women and to get vengeance and, you know, right the wrongs or whatever. And Hippolyta is this character who, like, starts off as kind of a, a slave girl and you kind of see some of that treatment of women in, in the ancient times with she's tasked with disposing of a, a, a female baby that was born you know and, and when they wanted a son instead and so like you kind of see like that whole patriarchal society or whatever and how like she has to make this difficult choice and it ends up haunting her and then she just decides like no no more of this like I will, you know help my fellow women and, and all this other stuff i mean right. it's a really a story of Hippolyta. so like that's you do get a wonder woman it's just not the one we thought of right I mean, right it, it, it is interesting how you know she's
2: born a human but becomes an amazon and what that process entails and
0: so my next question to you ja is other than the fact that it kind of made you myth that there wasn't really you know wonder woman magic lasso all that you know invisible jet stuff did you end up Liking the book other than that? I wanted to see the Regal Wonder Woman
1: that was sold to me on the cover. That being said, especially the first issue, I mean, was the reason why Phil Jimenez did not do issue two or three because he spent so much time on issue one? There is through everything, his entire life of as an artist into issue one, it was overboard. So many double page spreads, so many beautiful ideas. I think Very nice to see Kelly Sue DeConnick sort of take a step back and just let the art speak and breathe for itself. But it was overwhelming. The transition from him to Gene Han, the second issue, was, I thought, a little bit abrupt. I had gotten used to Phil Jimenez's sort of painterly style, and Gene is a little bit more standard comic, but... He also had some really incredible background images where Demeter was going around the forest and was appearing in the trees as, like, this is a branch and this is a branch. They come together to make a face. So she's there but not there. I really like that. Yeah, I like the story. I really wanted to see that regal,
2: ancient Diana, and I didn't get it. It disappointed me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Did it disappoint you, Chad?
2: Well, so I, I do want to start off by saying one of the things that I was very excited about is the fact that the, this, along with a lot of other black label books, they are sold in that slightly larger format. And when we decided this is the book we we're going to read, I went looking and I was like, oh, at my local comic shop, I could find issues one and two, but not issue three. So I was like, all right, I, I guess I'll shell out for the, the collected edition, which fortunately was still the same size. Uh, So you do get those enlarged pages, you know, you get the the premium version of comic books with these black label productions. And just from that standpoint, it's a very impressive package. And then when I started into this, oh my goodness, the first like five or 10 pages of the Phil Jimenez art. Now, now keep in mind, I'm familiar with Phil Jimenez, 25, 30 years now. Like he was always the the diet Dr Pepper to the George Perez's Dr Pepper, it, you know, tastes just like the real thing. Where like he was from that George Perez school of the hyper detail. They, they put him on all the team books. He would show up on Titans from time to time. So I, I I was familiar with Phil Jimenez the comic artist, but this was so overwhelming, and he still has all the detail and more that he had back in the, the George Perez light days which I I, I don't want that to be taken as an insult. George Perez is a master of the craft and to be like George Perez is a a compliment in the highest degree. But you just look at some of these images and I'm looking at the double page spread of the, where they introduce the six main gods or goddesses at the beginning. And like, you could stare at these pages for hours and just, there's so much color. There's so much detail, you know, whether it's the stars and Aphrodite's hair points the spikes and hecate like how the, you know things are coming out of zeus's head and like their faces everywhere and there's so much detail in all these pictures and i i'll be a thousand percent honest i i made it about 10 pages in and uh i'm like phil i ain't got time for this shit <laughs> I, <laughs> I you hate to, to drag a guy for doing so well but there was so much detail here that like i was just intimidated it took me, you know, a couple of days of letting this sit here before I was able to go back and be like, "Oh, I, I got to get this done before the show," uh, and and just basically force myself to to power through. But like the stuff that he does, there are scenes where they're talking about the degradations that women have suffered, and so he puts them on clay pots. So if the the premise of this book is this is the his, the history of these uh, you know Amazonians, these ancient Greek gods and goddesses. So he sets it in the way that you would discover myths uh, and the mythology of Greek gods and goddesses. You should see like the the, the clay pots that he makes. There's there's got to be like four or five hundred pots on this one double page yeah.
1: spread. The the page before where he's laying it out and there's what one two three four it's like five six seven it's like ten ten different crimes against women you know that
2: – right and they're all Patriarchy. that hieroglyphic style yeah yeah
1: and then but then you go to the next page and it's this hall and it's just pots everywhere just sort of reinforcing the story of the Amazons is was told by men so this is a retelling of the Amazon story by the women so it's, it's very much in you know in keeping with sort of what Kelly Sue DeConnick writes about it's very much a feminist perspective on the Amazon myth
0: That and the fact that it's also a lot of times history is written by the winners. Even at the end of this book, you know, not to give too much away, but, like, the Amazons end up imprisoned on Themyscira. I mean, everybody that reads DC knows that's where Wonder Woman came from, and they don't leave that island. They have to get there somehow. So, like, the story and kind of the tragic nature of eventually they have to get there and why are they there and why they can't leave – it is heartbreaking. Now, I, I do want to jump in real quick and just simply say um, one of the most interesting things that I found about this book was how layered the mythology was. Like, Oh, everything is layered in this book. It, it, but to one point that I saw was, like, if you read the, the after notes, you, you can see the original pitch that Kelly Sue DeConnick made for this Black Label series. And I believe that despite this being, like, three, you know, I think they're double-sized books, it was supposed to be, like, a 9 to 12-issue story?
2: And, and it honestly, still might be.
0: Well, what, what I'm saying is, the the thing that really struck me, and I had to take a step back from, was just how layered they made these tribes of Amazons. Like, right, each goddess made their own tribe of Amazons, and among those, they name, like, I don't know five or six members by name with all different costumes and all different personalities and you only get to meet like a handful as the story progresses because really it's still hippolyta's story like she's really front and center and everything kind of revolves around her so these other amazonian characters are just kind of in the background you know being like kind of like the superheroes to her jimmy olsen or whatever i I don't know how else to explain jimmy olsen what i'm trying to say was she's the audience in you're supposed to feel through her and so like you've got these other godly characters behind but it was intimidating just how much world building was there and we only got to see like a small sliver of it
2: there's so much here and and one of the comments and i can't remember if i saw this online or if it was in some of the back matter but they talk about the, the Jimenez and, and, the, and the colors that the colorists are bringing to the table. Beautiful gold and and uh, these peacock colors uh, interspersed throughout. But then inside those, there's they're taking the, the digital effects and adding another layer of color inside. You know, this, especially in the first chapter, you're dealing with the gods. It's supposed to be overwhelming. It's supposed to be incomprehensible to the minds of man. That's how big this is and so oh boy was i happy when i got to
0: book two (laughs) and so i i I, although it was overwhelming i probably could have taken another issue by phil jimenez i really could have i hate to say it but it became like this is just another comic uh, oh see but that's but that's the
2: thing like and don't get me wrong like gene ha an expert artist in his own right takes the pedal off the gas, but the art is still beautiful. The Jean Hawes also incorporating so many different layers and levels to his work. And like Jay brought up earlier there, the, the faces, you know, are hidden in the trees. You see the horse nibbling a berry off of Artemis's, uh, you know, headdress. Everything you would want in a mythological retelling is here. Did it sometimes because of all the, the, the Greek names and the Greek mythology to keep track of? I felt like it was a little bit academic in nature on top of all of the beauty. Absolutely. And like I said, it, as an experience, this book was overwhelming. This is not light Sunday fair. This is a full meal and then some. you have to dig into. And then we get to the third issue, the Nicola Scott issue. And that one is also like it's fine comic bookery it's you know all the characters are bright and vibrant the the battle scenes are brutal when you get to those tough decisions those are terrible you see the cost of war all the emotion is there all the you know all the monsters all the like there's just oh
0: yeah i think we could talk about this particular book for quite some time but we have to get to our commercial break and next so we'll be right back with more of the last comic shop with our rating of Wonder Woman, Historia, the Amazons, plus recommendations, maybe some possible Christmas gifts for those comic book fans in your life. Stay tuned.
1: Greetings from the depths. <coughs> Oh, no way I can keep that up, the whole commercial. Hey, Last Comic Shop fans, my name is Winston Gambro, and I make comic books. My latest comic is called Haunted House, A Love Story. It's a story of love, grief, and horror. A sentient house falls in love with its sole residence. However, this joy is short-lived when the house is forced into a forbidden love triangle and seeks vengeance. If you want a copy of the six-issue miniseries, you can have your local comic shop order, Haunted House, A Love Story, from Blood moon comics also available at winstongambro.com that's w-i-n-s-t-o-n-g-a-m-b-r-o and i'll get you a copy thanks so much for listening back to the show
0: all right we're back with more of the last comic shop and it is now time for our readings, where we're gonna come down from mount olympus with our um, i don't know girdles i don't know what that was awesome like that was one of my favorite scenes like everybody loves hercules because everybody knows the story about Hippolytus girdle but like he was like the jock and how like hercules gets it in the end and well he gets it in the end in this book too i love how they they counterpointed it with the ants like swarming the prey mantis um right. like the death by a thousand cuts kind of yep. thing
2: one uh, one arrow is a prick, but a thousand are a bloodletting.
0: Right. Very, very good stuff. So, but in any case, J.A., uh, what is our one out of four scale for this book? Uh, Greek vases. Ooh. Hmm. it's an interesting sound effect. But we're going to start off with Chad because uh, he gushed quite a lot. And I still think <laughs> he's still got a little bit more on his mind. So, how many Greek Vases? 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 Are you giving this, sir?
2: Uh, yeah. So at the end of the day, this, it, it was absolutely incredible. I even enjoyed the back matter and I love the, where it starts off with a note from Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh to her artists. And she talks about how the script that she's giving them is less of a set of blueprints as much as it is just a roadmap. She knows where they want to end up, how they get there She's leaving up to the collaborative nature with her artists, which, as any creative person knows, that's the best way to get the best out of the folks you're working with. Lift all boats. Um, the, the art in this book is simply spectacular, and they are doing next-level things with this art, with the color palette. Everyone is involved in this process deserves to be commended, and it's definitely worthy and one of the high notes of DC's Black Label line. One of the, the the downsides to DC's Black Label, in my mind, was that it, it kind of replaced Vertigo, and Vertigo had its own certain mission, and you know there was a feel to Vertigo books, and it felt like the Black Label's like, yeah, what if we do that, but with Batman? Let's give people those adult-natured books, but with your big-name DC superheroes. So you get instead of you know a Sandman Black Label project, you get Batman, you get Superman, you get Wonder Woman. And in the guise of a Wonder Woman book, we get this. It was such an experience. It's the the only way I can describe it. It wasn't always enjoyable because there was so much going on. But uh, I, I keep going back to the replay value. I can see myself flipping through this, you know, just for the pictures and showing it off to friends. And I can see myself going back in another four months, five months, and reading it again to see what else I take out of it. And so, yeah, it's it's a four it's a four vases and an extra little bottle of crazy glue in <laughs> case you knock one over.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, all right. Well, uh, I'll go next and I, I'm going to agree with that sentiment. I mean, it, it is a four vases um, with maybe two or three bottles of crazy glue, because again, it's it, the, the thing is I have, gone on record by saying that like at times i found it very difficult to wrap my head around wonder woman as a character right like she's gone through so many retellings of her origin she's like this greek god but she dresses up in like star spangled tights or whatever Uh, She flies an invisible plane. She's got a kangaroo. At one point, she was a karate master. Like, all of this stuff was within that. And I get it that, like, Superman and Batman and a lot of the other DC characters have similar crazy stuff in their previous continuity, right? You could go back and you've got Zarin' R with the Batman and you've got, I don't know, pick your zany superman story right long story short i feel like wonder woman still had more of that and and maybe it's been a long time since they've they've started to really turn her around and actually really reinforce what wonder woman is and give her a backstory that really makes sense i feel like this is probably one of the best now going forward if anybody's not read wonder woman i'll say start with this Because this will give you all the backstory about what you need to know about Wonder Woman before Wonder Woman even shows up on the page. So I think it's extremely important for all new comic book readers. And the fact that, like, James Gunn is thinking about making this as the new origin story for Wonder Woman, I think that's a great idea. The fact that he went out there and tweeted about it so that everybody was picking it up, that's an awesome idea. I think that more people should do that. I don't know why, like, Chris Evans is not been like, hey, everybody should pick up Winter Soldier and, you know, Omnibus so that it went up to the top of the charts. But good for James Gunn that he did it. And so, yeah, I think this is a beautiful book. It's wonderful to look at. It's in-depth, like Chad says, with a lot of layers, so you can reread it a bunch of times. And um, it's now, for me, probably the definitive origin story of Wonder Woman. I think you should start here and then get whatever other Wonder Woman kangaroo book you want.
1: J.A. I guess it's really good that Wonder Woman comes from Greek mythology and not like from Queens because I don't (laughs) think you could do a DC Black Label book on Aunt May and Uncle Ben.
2: Uh, (laughs) They tried that at Marvel one time. It was trouble. (laughs) Literally. I think... The fact that it you have these
1: Greek myths to play with and to to have the ability to take a, a principled stand on it and have a look at it through feminist eyes makes it interesting. The fact that there's no Wonder Woman in it <laughs> <laughs> makes it not really a Wonder Woman origin story. It's the origin of, of the Amazons. Okay, yeah, she shows up at the very last page. Thank you, Hera. Um... The art is incredible. All three issues, they're different. Uh, the Phil Jimenez, I think, is the high watermark, and you can see why it won the Eisner for that. Kelly Sue DeConnick, I think, writes a really hard hitting story, especially if you're reading it as a male like I am. Um, it, there's some hard pages to get through. At other times, she's very good at. Pulling back and allowing the artist room to breathe and and allowing the art to just speak for itself without dialogue, and I think that worked really well. But again, I was sold with that regal Wonder Woman cover, and I didn't get her. So I can't give it four. I can't give it four vases. One of the vases broke, and I didn't have any super glue to glue it back together so i've got to give it 3.75 there's a little bit of a cracked vase there that uh needs some super gluing. maybe wonder woman can show up and glue it back together because she's not in this book at all <laughs> i'm being a little bit flippant it's a wonderful story i would recommend it to anyone obviously you have to put wonder woman on the cover because that's what sells you're not going to sell Historia of the amazons with hippolyta
2: can I ask a question? If Kelly Sue plan of this turning into a nine-volume... Oh, yes, yes. I'm all on board.
1: Then, it, then it's lining up several things that I really love. One, then you got the beginning of a three-part trilogy. Not unlike Star Wars, though. Let's not talk about the third part. Uh, but also, three runs of... Three issues each, nine issues total that, and because they're double-sized and whatnot, then you're you're entering into omnibus level. So it's uh, –
0: <laughs> Look at you. You know, me,
1: me and my oversized uh, collected volumes, I love that. So I really hope that uh, she returns to the well. I, I think DC is obviously – this is a big moneymaker, so they're going to push her to return to the well. I hope she gets back on board with the same – artistic um, trio that she had as well. But though, I don't know, do you just use them as cover artists and and play out some some other artists? We'll see. Uh, They each had a very distinct style and they told the story slightly differently. I did like each issue always set up with the six goddesses, uh, like on the second page. You got all six goddesses drawn by the three different artists. I thought that was a very nice way to sort of ground each book we're going to start with here are the six goddesses.
2: Right. It unifies and shows you the differences right away. Yeah. So Very Yeah. Good. So you're saying if this is act one, you might go back and reconsider. Uh,
1: if this is act one, I, well, I'll have crazy glue then so I can fix that.
2: broken
0: <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, some things that are different yet grounded in one common theme are our recommendations. Yes, these are other comic books that you can pick up at your local comic book shop. In addition to Wonder Woman, Historia, the Amazons, which you can find in a variety of different formats. uh, Single issues, big collections, whatever you want to do. And again, these might be uh, potential gifts For a comic book lover in your life. So we're going to go ahead and start off with Chad Smith. So Chad, what do you got for us this week? There you go. Before I do that, I do want to take Umbridge, Umbridge, sir, with something (laughs) you said
2: earlier, where you would give this to somebody starting out with wonder woman. Heck no. Do you give this to somebody that's just starting out with wonder woman? They would be so lost. About what the heck is going on, and have no wherewithal. If this is just the first,
0: or if this no, is how they get out of this. No, no, it has nothing to do with Wonder Woman. So they can just enjoy it as they can sip their wine and eat their cheese. I disagree. You, you the, will blind them. You can't start with this. Umbridge, um, um, no. We, I, but I don't want to disagree with your recommendation. So what do you got for a recommendation? Uh, you got to build up to this stuff, and one uh, way to way to
2: build up to it. And this is something I may or may not have recommended in the past, but in the old personal life of the old uh, Chadster here, you guys may or may not know that around the holidays last year, we had a pipe burst in my house, set everything into chaos, and I ended up living in a hotel for over six months. And one of the things that got packed away that I never got to open was a Christmas gift to myself. It's my recommendation for everybody today and it still has the shrink wrap on it so i think i'm gonna give it to myself again this year it's the wonder woman by brian azzarello and cliff chang omnibus which collects wonder woman zero to 35 and 23.2 and some story material from secret origins number six but as far as wonder woman runs go this was from dc's new 52 initiative and i have tried in the past to uh find wonder woman stories that i enjoy and not many have stuck i mean we have covered uh wonder woman dead earth on this show from daniel warren johnson and i think that is masterful as well but once i started reading the brian alice arello cliff chang new 52 series i'm like why do people hate the new 52 if this is the only thing we got from the new 52 i would say the new 52 was a worthwhile experiment but uh, you get a, a modern-day Wonder Woman, and it is a retelling of her origin. It's something that they wiped away, uh, whatever they brought it back for rebirth and all those other things. But um, there, all the different Amazons show up, and you get your run-ins with Zeus, you get your run-ins with Ares, you get your run-ins as uh, Wonder Woman were friends you know, a a plucky young lady and they travel. There's so much here, so much fun to be had. And as far as cohesive and just well put together, wonder woman stories, this was fantastic. And after I read the first trade, I immediately went to the second, to the third, and I kept going. And I remember, Uh, My first read-through was in the nascent days of DC's digital platform, and uh, they they skipped issues, and boy did that make me mad. But eventually I got them all, and then I got this beautiful omnibus, and so that is what I'm recommending to you so you can enjoy it if you haven't done so already. Cliff Chang, by the way, his art you may recognize from Paper Girls, and he's just one of those people that has that style that uh, it just sings. It's one of those simple cartooning styles, but he does so well with action, and he does so well with faces, and uh, it's just so good. If you can't find those trades on the cheap, then go for the omnibus, get yourself something classy. It's one of the best things to come out of the new 52.
0: Yeah, and speaking of Cliff Chang, we're going to be recovering eno- another one of his books later on this month during our December. We're going to be covering his Catwoman Lonely City. <laughs> to wrap up our third season here at the Last Comic Shop so stay tuned for that. My recommendation this week is also kind of a fantasy related story that also deals with kind of older myths and and things along those lines and it's one of those books that I've loved for many many years and over this past summer I had an opportunity to sit down and interview the creator. That's right. I got to interview P Craig Russell. <laughs> who did uh, a wonderful collection of books called The Fairy Tales of Oscar Wilde. And uh, again similar to Grimm's Fairy Tales, these kind of take fantasy r- characters, you know, giants and fairies and star children and, and and tell kind of interesting, you know, morality lessons, you know. So they're really good For children of all ages and done in this wonderful, wonderful style that if you've ever read anything that P. Craig Russell has done, you can know for a fact that he does high fantasy and dreamlike wonderment very, very well. So I'm going to recommend volume one, uh, which you can pick up at a lot of used bookstores. Like go to a half price books. I'm sure that you, you can find a copy of it. Uh, It contains two stories. The first one being The Selfish Giant, which is basically a story about a giant who has a beautiful garden and the children like to play in the garden and he doesn't like them messing around with his garden. So he builds a giant wall. And after he builds the giant wall, winter comes to his garden and all of the plants are covered in snow and it lasts for as long as it takes for one lone child to break through the wall and come and play and melt that giant's heart. And then finally spring comes to the garden again. It's a wonderful little tale. You can tell that to your kids at bedtime. The second story is called The Star Child, which deals with a magnificently beautiful child that was found in the wilderness. And because he's so fair looking and so unique, he ends up being very cruel to his fellow man. And he ends up being cursed with his looks being taken away. And he has to learn humility and decency uh, again, just wonderful fairy tale esque stories that you can share with your family members. Done in a very wonderful style that won Peter Russell the Eisner. I think this actually was the first Eisner he ever won, way back in the day. So, Fairy Tales of Oscar Wilde, Volume One. J. A. Well, you're talking uh, sort of
1: fairy tales and mythology and and that sort of stuff. One of the preeminent comic book and fantasy mythology writers that comes to mind is Neil Gaiman. So I'm going to recommend a Neil Gaiman book. One of his first turns for Marvel was Marvel 1602. Andy Kubert, the artist, basically – Putting Marvel characters in the Elizabethan age, where Stephen Strange is the court magician for Queen Elizabeth and trying to protect her from being assassinated by a mad tyrant, Despot, named Doom. And you've got, uh, there's a man who has been held in a tower because he is different. Uh, he's the angel! And you've got, um... Peter Parker shows up, Matt Murdock shows up, all running around the English countryside, and this woman coming back who ties it all together from Roanoke. And so it sets up for a very interesting story looking at the Elizabethan age, but sprinkled with well-known Marvel characters that are not quite themselves, obviously, because it's uh, the 1600s, not the (laughs) 20th century if you like neil gaiman stories if you like sort of that mix of mythology and 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 superhero comics i recommend it i mean it came out in 2012 i think originally but you can pick it up right now on comiXology if you have a unlimited account it's in their unlimited section so you can read it at your discretion
0: very And, and didn't that chad like start a whole like series like a small series of like you know, Spider Man sixteen oh two, and like he got his own, ver- you know, his own series and stuff like that for a while. Yes, there were a series of spinoffs or a couple of different titles out of that one. So, if you start with the Marvel, you're like you've got a lot to read over maybe your Christmas break.
2: So- yeah, whole universe to discover.
0: And one other thing that you've got a lot of uh, to enjoy over your Christmas break is episodes of The Last Comic Shop. We are getting close to the end of our third season. Over 150 episodes over at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com all evergreen with a lot of the characters that we talked about on today's program. Whether it's Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, we mentioned that on today's show. Daniel Warren Johnson. Great book. Go back to our first season and listen to that story. Uh, if you like other books about mythology go listen to norse mythology which again has neil gaiman ties has p craig russell ties uh if you want you know more cliff chang chad mentioned paper girls another episode that we did here at the last comic shop all available all evergreen rate review and subscribe and to listen to as many as you want
1: and if you need uh any more information you always go back to our website. We've got links to all of our social media. Sometimes there's more. Sometimes there's less. The whole social media, I think, in a year and a half is going to go away. It's it's dying. <laughs> <laughs> Taken over by Chad GPT. <laughs> uh, but what isn't dying is the need to buy merchandise. It's the Christmas season, after all. So check out our shop. We've got T-shirts. Tote bags, coffee mugs, and this week only, Peacock Feather Boas.
0: Oh! oh. We did your life. Oh, very nice. very. Plus, our last comic shop holiday logo on t-shirts right now. If you want to get festive for the holiday season, make sure that you get yours with the last comic shop dazzled in lights and Santa making his trip to gift us all with comics it's
2: the gift that keeps giving, right? There you go. And if you want to get gifts to give that are comics, we encourage you guys and gals to head out to your local comic shops. There's that comic shop locator, www.comicshoplocator.com, where you can find things like Wonder Woman, Historia, the Amazons. Lots of titles on that one. Or Wonder Woman by Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang, the omnibus. Or The Fairy Tales of Oscar Wilde by Peter K. Russell, Marvel 1602 by Neil Gaiman and Andy Kubert Uh, all that and more potentially waits at your local comic shop which like we said the larger edition of Historia those giant pages all those colors that's a wonderful gift idea and you can get folks prepped and ready for those James Gunn movies down the road so just make sure you're supporting those places and that can help you uh, share the love this holiday season with
0: those you love yeah absolutely until next week when we got more dc comics for you as part of our dc ember trademarked. Well i'm the host of the most andy larson i'm joined by chad smith and J. A. scott and we hope that you stay safe stay festive and remember that if you're on the fence on whether you like eggnog or not don't worry it just means that you're agnostic Eggnog, eggnog stick like a stick of eggnog
1: yeah like frozen eggnog you put it in the free Ooh, eggnog popsicles i think we're on to something here mm-hmm. clumpy mm-hmm. <laughs> mm.
0: 2023 Black Anders production.